What is going on? Episode 38 of the Media Captain Podcast. We J- should actually say 38-2 of the Media Captain Podcast. Oh, we were we were so damn ambitious. We Beforehand, we had the podcast set up, we had a Facebook Live set up, and we had... The audio recording. The, the audio, and we had a, a camera set up for YouTube, and the YouTube audio sucked, and then when we saved out the audio on for, for the podcast that didn't work so that wasn't our fault that was your computer's fault well yeah that was the computer's fault but we went we went one for three <laughs> we only we, went one we for went, three we, we went one for three that's pretty sad but we were trying to do a lot at once yeah and, and at least one of them screwed up so it's not like i'm almost happier that <laughs> the the camera for youtube screwed up also so now we're gonna get like two out of three yeah. correct but yeah. if you want to listen to the original one Go find it on the Media Captain's Facebook page. Um, check out any of our podcasts if you want. If you don't know what we look like, go check us out on YouTube because we're putting these up here on YouTube, and you can see the brother and sister duo yeah, in action. It's true. 30, 36 podcasts, and no one ever saw us on video. And now thirty-seven, thirty-eight, and moving forward, Let's here we go. are in the flesh in our nice desk. <laughs> Location. Our nice podcast setup. <laughs> Our nice podcast setup. All right. Normally we get so far in, we, we get into it so quickly, and uh, that was you know I cut you off before you even said this your is, name. This is just a little bit of a cliffhanger for the audience because we are going to talk about um, blogging in this uh, podcast, and um, we have so much to cover, and it's going to be a great podcast because it's our second time doing the same <laughs> exact one, so we're going to know our shit left and right. Hopefully we learn from our mistakes, but before we get started, if you don't know who we are because I cut Jason off, that's Jason Parks, I'm Stephanie Parks, and this is the Media Captain Podcast. And like always, we bring a unique perspective to the angle. Two business owners, we own two businesses, a marketing agency, which is B2B, but we work with 50 plus clients, so we see a lot of shit. And then on Durham Warehouse side of things, e-commerce, uh, 75,000 plus customers, Customers, you know, when it comes to starting an operation from scratch and scaling it, Stephanie's done it. Um, the media captains helped, and we just have we we have a we feel like we have a unique perspective. So hopefully, you feel the same way. And we both have blogs, so we're going to talk about that today. Okay, well, let's go into it. And Steph, I'm going to let you. The last time I went all over the place, I was off agenda, so I am going to let you follow your beautiful bullet points. Wow. And, okay. You know, this is amazing. I put this agenda together. Take one. Jason just started at the bottom, worked his way all around, had no idea where I was. So now we're gonna follow the agenda. We're gonna do this my way. Um, so first thing we're gonna talk about is why is blogging so important? And blogging is important for a lot of reasons. First of all, you're bringing new traffic to your website and it can help generate new business for you. So right off the bat, I mean, that's what you want. You wanna generate new business, bring in new customers, bring in new clients, and blogging can help you do that. And we'll get more into how blogging will help you do that a little bit down the road. Um, not only that, if you are providing great content on your blog, other authoritative sources can link back to you um, and use your content as quotes within their articles, which is awesome for SEO. So that's point number two. Um, blogging is a great place for internal and external linking. And again, all of these, we'll get into them a little bit more as we go, but just want to hit really quickly on why blogging is so important. And finally, uh, it can be a really great resource to help both your employees and your customers or clients. So um, just a little overview about why blogging is so awesome. And guys, I am going to ask a favor of everyone before we dive more into things. Like, we really want to get more reviews on our podcast. That's how more people can find out about it. Um, so, if you can, uh, whether you're on Spotify or on um, 
Apple Podcasts, if you can leave us a review, uh, that would mean the world to us. So, We're so glad you're listening to take two of this because maybe you'll leave us an, an even better review. Yeah. Well, Stephanie hit on a lot of reasons on the importance of blogging, and I'm going to give you a lot of interesting perspectives just as, as to what we see on the agency side. So a lot of people, like they literally call into our agency and they ask, Jason, if or this is what they hear, that they've heard that by updating blog content, it's gonna help out with SEO. That is one of the biggest misconceptions of all time. There's a lot of blogging and, myths, it's and, true. Th- th- there is, and Stephanie even said, she's like, people really think that. Honestly, people think that by like updating a blog once a week, every two weeks, once a month, that Google is going to like fresh content from a blog being updated, that couldn't be further from the truth. It could actually cause more harm than good from an SEO perspective. Uh, so it's it's a lot more than just fresh content. It needs to be quality content, and we're gonna you know we're gonna dive into that. But let's back up a little bit there because when you when you're saying you know you shouldn't update your blog, that's not necessarily true. There are certain cases where you know you should go back and make updates to your blog. You want to make sure your your blog content is relevant all the time. Um, for example, I just went back through all of the Durham Warehouse blogs, and the purpose was not to get fresh content. The purpose was just to make sure all of our blogs on our site were still relevant. So we had a lot of blogs where we just um, were linking to products on elsewhere on our site. We were internal linking to products that we didn't sell anymore. The links weren't working, or we just added new products that were better fits for that blog. So it is a good idea to go back and make updates well, like that. And, and, and I wasn't alluding to that. What I was saying by not update like by just don't post content just to post content to uh-huh. like get a new blog every other week there's a lot of things you can do to create great content and go back and improve past content but just to be clear um yes what stephanie's doing of going back into past blog posts is very important pat on the back pat on the back so like i said a huge misconception that you know, just getting anything out there, even if it's not good, is going to be helpful from an SEO perspective. That's not the case. It's not. It's not quantity. It's quality. And so, but, if you're thinking that you should just be posting two times a week, and it doesn't really matter what you're posting, that's incorrect. And let me give you some great examples. So we have. Uh, we see a lot of times where somebody's posting a blog, and the topic is about. Um, or, or they're writing about uh, a PR reference they got from a magazine or a news article and they write a hundred word um, blurb as a blog post or they have a calendar event um, and you know they write a blog post about it. That is not quality content. That is a hundred or 150 words which is what is classified as thin content. Uh, and if you have too much thin content that can actually hurt your Google rankings and cause um, a lot of trouble for you. No blurbs allowed. Yeah, so honestly, when you are writing about PR uh, you know, mentions and it's less than 200, 300 words, uh, it's, that, that a blog is not the place for that. The right place to go for that is to create a, in the news section or an upcoming event section, if you have an upcoming event. But like for a rule of thumb that we like to stick to is 750 character, 750 words per blog. Um, and that's something that like we had to go back and analyze our blogs to yeah. make sure that, that we were doing that. Yeah. And when you're blogging and when you start getting into it and when you start putting a strategy together, there really are a lot of, of tips and best practices to follow. And it's important to make sure you're following those best practices. Otherwise, you could be hurting yourself more than you're helping yourself. So making sure your content isn't thin, having you know, 500, 750 words in there so you have good relevant content um 
making sure new blogs, making sure old blogs, all the content is is relevant. And really the main point of the blog is just to be a resource for for anybody who is reading it. So when you're going back or when you're crafting new content, think about that question. If somebody's coming here, are they gonna get something out of this blog post that I'm writing? So one thing that Stephanie and I both do a lot of is that when customers, uh, prospective customers, current customers call in and they have questions, we have a Google uh, sheet that we just keep an ongoing running list for, for, and that serves as amazing way to come up with blog topics. So um, you kill, you kill multiple birds with one stone when you do that. Yeah. But that's a great way to get long tail search uh, queries to come up with. And why don't we just dive right into that of how to come up with um, blog topics? Yeah, perfect. So Jason mentioned a long, picking long tail topics. And what does that mean? That means picking topics that are just long phrases, which people are very specifically searching for. So they're they're not general topics, they're very specific topics. So an example that I always like to give for Durham Warehouse is we have um, a, a, one of our most popular products that we sell. It's also one of the most expensive products we sell. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it in other podcasts before. Skinmatica TNS Essential Serum, $281. People call in all the time and you know we're talking about what products they're gonna buy and they say, okay, you know, I want the best product for my skin. I, I maybe recommend this product to them and they say, wow, $281, is it really worth the price? So I wrote a blog on it. Is the Skin Medica TNS Essential Serum worth the price? And that blog does so well for us. It brings so much traffic to our site. It, turn, it We generate sales from that blog post and it's great. And that is a very long tail topic. Yeah, and um, so you wanna make sure when when um, a great way to, so it's really important to define topics for your blog. That's something a lot of people struggle with. Um, if I just wrote a blog on what is SEO for the media captain, it would never get found because there's gonna be some websites like Moz and SEMrush that are so authoritative that have already written on those topics that there'd be no way that I'd be able to get our agency to rank for that blog post. So you wanna be searching for longer tail queries that is the beauty of a blog. When it's a longer sort of question, a small business has the opportunity to rank throughout the entire state and throughout the world. You know, So I wrote, and I didn't intend for this to be one of our most traffic pages to the Media Captain site, but three years ago I wrote, how many photos per day should I post on Instagram? This was just a question the, running through Jason's mind. Yeah, well, I figured a lot of people get hesitant. Should I post one picture, three pictures? Now that there's Instagram stories, you know, how many should I post? And that is now one of the most trafficked pieces of content on our site and traffic comes from all over. We literally get chats from other countries when it comes to that. And that is, it's just a popular question and not a lot of people have written about it. And we were able to carve out a niche by writing that topic. And on that blog, another interesting thing is so, well, three years has passed since I wrote that article. When we initially wrote that article, there was no Instagram stories. So then we went back and refreshed that content like Stephanie was alluding to, to now say, you know, we said maybe post once or twice a day. Well, now you should have maybe one post a day and three or four Instagram story posts. So we had to update that. And that is an example of updating past content. If you look at your Google Analytics and there's a ton of traffic coming to one specific post or multiple posts, you don't want them reading content that's been dated. And another tip on that, so is, is that you wanna have the date on all of the articles. And if that's very important, that's important to Google to establish that authority and trust, which we'll get into in a minute. But you don't want to, if you update a blog post 
you don't want to update the date of the original post. You want to make a reference that it's been updated from the original post date. So that's an example of something that we've done with a lot of past blog posts when we go in there. So in addition to the date, a couple other things that you want to include within your blog post. You want to make sure the blog post has an author and you want that author to be somebody who is authoritative. Um, so for example, for the media captain, Jason is the author on all of the blog posts. And when you click on Jason's name, when you see it as the author, it gives you a bio all about him. Um, That's my favorite page in the world, just my bio. The Jason Parks bio page. And then for Durham Warehouse, well, if you go to the Durham Warehouse site, either I'm the author for the blogs or our dad, who's a dermatologist, is the author. Both of us have bios and you can read more about us. So that brings more authority and trust, again, to the blog. So that's something that that's really important. And you don't have to show the author, you don't have to show the date, but you should opt in to doing both of those because they'll help you. In, in the SEO world, I actually, and, and we'll link to this resource uh, within the YouTube video and within the podcast, but Mary Haynes, um, is uh, great a great follow on Twitter, and she's all about um, establishing authority and trust. And it's called Eat, and that's where. So, like these health websites, like a WebMD, John Doe can't be writing an article that really needs a medical professional's expertise. So Google's gotten very strict on this, and the same goes across many industries. They value that authoritative figure writing about it. So again, Mary Haynes, she's a great follow. She was kind of the originator of this theory that, you know what, to rank well and to do good on Google, you have to have uh, authority and trust. And, and, and so if you're like a business owner or entrepreneur or marketer out there, and you, are, and you have industry expertise, that is such an advantage for you. So like take advantage of that because um, use it, use it. You can write content and there's a lot of people that have to post blogs and they have to interview someone in order to get the content. If you're able to just crank out content, take advantage of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we were talking about the long tail keywords and you might be thinking, I'm going to get back to that now. You might be thinking like, oh gosh, I'm starting a blog. You know, how do I how do I come up with these long tail keywords? So Jason mentioned that both of us, anytime we talk to a customer or a client and they have questions, we take note of those questions. Those are great topics always because we know people are asking them. So we can answer a question. We can use that as a resource um, within our businesses for customers, for employees, etc. Um, you can also turn to Google to help you find these long tail searches. If you type in a question or a product or a common keyword for your business, you can go to the bottom and find related searches. And a lot of times, or in the middle of the page, they also have like other questions asked. Um, and those are great places on Google to find those long tail questions that people are really searching for. You know, it's one thing to you can pick topics that are so obscure. Yes, maybe they're long tail, but they're so obscure that no one is ever going to actually be searching for them. So there's a fine line between finding something that is very specific, but also people are actually interested in reading about the answer to. Definitely. And, and I want to bring up a couple of tools. So for Durham Warehouse and for the Media Captain, we track all of our uh, keyword rankings for our blogs within SEMrush. So when we have a topic, we add that topic and we add different variations that people might search for that topic to, tra to track the rankings. It's really cool, guys. Like when we've gone back into past blog posts and really enhanced them uh, and hit on those limit of, you know, made sure it was over 750 characters and included internal and external links and really followed all of the best practices. 
makes a difference. Within a week, it can literally go from not ranking in the top 50 of Google to ranking really well. So Google knows good content. Um, you know, another thing is if you're posting your blogs onto a WordPress site, Yoast is an SEO plugin. It's free and it will tell you the word count. It tells you if you have the right amount of internal links and external links. Um, it gives you, uh, it makes sure that the title of your, uh, the keywords that you want to go after is referenced a certain amount of times. So just following like a checklist like Yoast gives you is uh, really, really helpful. Um, you mentioned internal and external links a couple of times just mm -hmm. now, so I just want to hit on that and make sure everybody knows what those are. So internal links is linking from one page on your site to another page on your site. So the example I gave for Durham Warehouse, if we're writing about you know the, the best products to use with retinol in them, within that blog post, I might link to three or four different products within our site that have retinol in them. So that's an example of an internal link. An external link is when you're linking from your site to another site. So let's say if I were to find a statistic from the American Academy of Dermatology and put that within our blog post and then link back to the American Academy of Dermatology, that is an external link. So you wanna make sure that you have both of those within your blog post. Yeah, and I think we alluded to this at the beginning, but when you write great content, um, like there's so many times where I write a blog and I need a statistic so I go to Google and then I find a source on the first page of Google and then I link to that well that's giving a backlink to another website so it can be um, a great place to get uh, external backlinks and increase your authority so I think that I've referenced that um, and just jumping around here another tool that we use is Screaming Frog and, and one more thing just about internal and external I, links I love this like you're cutting me off like yeah, this, I know. it's I love a it. reverse. love it's being great. able to cut you off um, so the last thing, you know, we talk about have a checklist, whatever, make sure you're doing internal and external links. And I would say, don't give yourself a certain number that each blog post has to have. Just make sure it's natural and it makes sense. That's the most important thing. Again, and we'll say this over and over, you just want the content to be something that is intuitive and, and something that people can actually use and find helpful. So don't force the links if they're not there, but where it makes sense and you think that someone's gonna actually click and be interested and read around, that's where you should be including those. Yeah, and, and another thing, and an expert on this topic is Glenn Gabe, uh, another SEO expert that really specializes in in Google penalties and um, you know when, when websites have issues, but when the way that Google looks at a website sometimes is let's say you have 400 pages of content and 300 of those pages are blog posts and out of those 300 blog posts 200 have thin content Google could be holding you back so you want to do exactly what we're saying you want to go back and you want to listen to our every word <laughs> you want to delete bad posts um, when I started the media captain I was complaining uh, I wrote a blog post complaining about Southwest Wi-Fi I wrote a blog post about the absurd price of a lobster sandwich from Panera. Like there are really bad blog posts that were on the Media Captain site, and it, it didn't. It wasn't until I was like, I, I ran through this process where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go back and delete posts. And so that's a very common question: is how to delete posts versus enhance posts. And the theory that I use is that if you have to, if you cannot find one or two other pages where there would be a natural internal link to the blog post, delete it. So for the Southwest Wi-Fi and Lobster Sandwich, there was no other page on the website, which makes sense because I never would want to promote that now, where I could link back to that. So that's a great way to determine how to delete content. Um, but don't go, you know, don't go deleting all of your old content. If it if the blog post makes sense, make improvements to it. If it's sure. something that you can enhance, 
that would be better than deleting it. So you have to be a little bit picky and really think about the strategy that you're putting behind it. What should I do? Does this make sense to delete it or does it make sense to rewrite it and kind of enhance it and make it better? So we use a software called Screaming Frog and it scrapes the data on the website and um, it gives you word counts of all the pages. So we do this with a lot of clients and we just had an attorney client and we scraped all the data and some of the thin content, it was really interesting. So it was retired attorneys um, of the firm and they because they were our partners of the firm, they're technically still getting paid. And so for that, they still keep them up on the website. Well, two of these partners were the founders of the firm and there was no content associated with it. So we're working now on writing these great bios of the founders that can be linked from the about page and also on the attorney pages where there's no content, we're working on getting content of these attorneys, what they contributed to the firm in the past, because again, this is just thin content and there's a there, there's actually a place for it. So again, we were able to say, yeah, on the about page would be a great place to link to some to the founder and that's why we decided to keep the content and enhance it versus delete it. And then going back, looking over our agenda, um, one other thing that we didn't hit on is make sure the content on your site is evergreen. And what that means is make sure that whatever you're writing makes sense to whoever's reading it whenever they're reading it. So you don't want to say like, now that it's summer or you know something seasonal or, or very timely, because then someone's going to come in six months or a year or however long, and the content that they're reading isn't going to make sense to them. <laughs> And, and I've written a lot of posts for the media captain of like SEO backlink strategy for 2015. And like, you might be able to rank well that year, which I mean, could be good. I, I mean, I'm guilty of that. I wrote a blog in 2020 for 2020 e-commerce strategy, but Stephanie's right. Like there's gonna come a point where you're like, well, that just doesn't have any relevance, which- Or maybe you write a new one every year, who knows? For sure, yeah. But um, and, and, the majority of your content, make sure anybody can come in and read it anytime. Otherwise, it's going to get old really fast. And if, like, let's say you did write a new one every year, that would be a good place for an internal linking where right. you could say, hey, if you were curious about what the strategy for e-commerce was in 2019, you know, Look click, at how things have changed. Click here, yeah. Um, so ultimately, I mean, the blog should serve as just like this great resource for your business. Um, you know, for everything, for everything in your business, your employees, your your customers, for everybody. Talk about like organization on on tags um, with with a blog because you can if you're writing about Skin Medica, you can tag it for Skin Medica, and then if there's a search bar on your site, that could populate. So it could be a really good place just overall for organization. Yeah. So tags tags are important. You can categorize the blogs based on different things. People are easily able to search for them. Um, or if you have like a sidebar with, with the different tags and categories actually on your site, people can scroll through and find exactly what they're looking for, which you know, I can see how that would be helpful for either of our business. Let's say somebody comes to Jason's site and they're just interested in web development and they want to read about that. Well, the tags would allow them to search for that. Maybe someone comes to Derm Warehouse and they want to read about you know, best products for acne. Well, using tags, they would easily be able to, to get to those posts. For, for sure. Um, a story I want to share is uh, I did a consult with a sales coach and he wrote a blog every day 
for 10 years when he would wake up in the morning a thousand word blog post every day for 10 years that is a lot a lot a lot of blogs but it was the coolest thing because he didn't even realize like he just did it because he loved to write but what ended up happening was he was booking these twenty thousand dollar speaking gigs in arizona and in colorado in in las vegas Um, and they were all coming from long tail blog queries that people were searching for it wasn't just like best sales coach they were looking for a very detailed question and they found his blog and that's how his business was able to thrive all through a blog and i just thought that was the coolest story and it shows you the power of a blog how it could it could be your best salesperson it could be the person out there that is funneling your business uh leads it could be your best salesperson it could be your best training tool there's i mean there's a lot of different purposes and we're not saying you know you have to go and write a blog every single day but get a strategy in place put something together it's really helpful if you sit down and put a list of topics together spend a couple hours one day outlining the blogs that you're going to write and say okay i want to write one blog a week Today, I'm going to outline 10 different blogs, put in the internal and external links, put in the main points that you want to write about. And then when you're ready to sit down and actually write the blog, you have all of that right there. And it's so, so much easier. Yeah. And not to mention that like, if you're not a great writer, audio record um, the topic that you want to write about and send it, hire a freelance writer to write the piece of content so you can get uh, content for your website. So a lot of people just get uh, deterred because they're not great at writing. Or they just don't like to write. They don't like to write. Or if you're great on camera, film a video and then send that off to somebody to write. So there's, there's no excuse not to get started on blogging. I think most people just don't know where to start, how to start, and you know, if they do start, they could fall into a lot of bad practices that we kind of hit on earlier. So yeah, that's it, episode 38. Crossing my fingers, we're, we're done. Hold on, first off, if anybody's this far- I guess that's not if, it. <laughs> if anybody's this far in the podcast, and if you tweet at the media captain, um, or you comment on, you know what, forget about tweeting at the media captain. If you leave a review for the media captain, um, I don't know what he's about to say. Right I will, now. and you are in the United States because this could get costly if you're outside the United States. And I know we have a great listener in Australia, which is super cool. But if you are listening in the U.S. and you comment on our YouTube video, which means you have to go over to YouTube I and you listen said write to the a review. <laughs> yes. Okay. If get you, it straight, Jason. If you write a review and you're in the U.S., I will send you a Media Captain coffee mug. All right. So. That's that. And if you also want to comment on the YouTube video, go ahead and do that. But just if you write the review, that would be great. Um, That is going to wrap it up for episode 38. Episode 38, take two. Oh, gosh. And that was a rocky, good (laughs) podcast, but a rocky ending. So my apologies on that. And guys, we will uh, see you back.